Hi everyone, my name is Sana, I'm one of the Rheumatology ST4s. Hi, my name is Samir, I am a Rheumatology Registrar towards the end of my training. Lovely, so in this knowledge video we're going to be talking about a common presentation which is the red hot swollen joint. It is relatively common not just for rheumatologists but in the acute medical take and has quite a wide sort of differential list that you need to consider but I think it's safe to say Samir isn't it that the the differential that you really need to rule out is septic arthritis. Other differentials that you need to think about would be hemarthrosis, trauma, so the crystal arthropathies, gout and pseudogout, reactive arthritis, and a monoarticular presentation of a polyarthropathy. Are there any other differentials or anything you want to add about that? Samir? No, I think that covers it. I think this is a really important topic. It's an emergency in rheumatology, but it's also quite important in, from a general medical point of view. So a hot swollen knee is a, is a big common presentation to the medical take and the rheumatology interviews over the last few years they, it, it alternates but sometimes they're quite gen med heavy sometimes they're quite room heavy so this is a good one to cover both bases and, and it can come up yeah absolutely so we're going to take you on a journey from when you first see the patient and the things you need to think about when you're taking a history examining the patient ordering your investigations and then ultimately how you might manage the patient depending on what exactly the diagnosis is. So if we start with presentation, so when you're taking a history, I think it's obviously it's really important when you're trying to take a history that you take a focused history to try and differentiate between the different causes. So during during your history taking, I think it's important to find out about the obviously the location of the joint, but also more about the pattern of pain. So is it something that's happened suddenly or is it something that's been a recurring problem where you're having flares that you might typically see with gout or pseudo gout how long is the pain there for if it is a, a an episodic problem i think it's fair to say is it that for example in gout you might expect the episodes to last i don't know 12 hours to maybe a, a couple of days at sort of at the worst but can go on for for up to a week or even two weeks or longer um, it, it's, I think that's fair. And I think it varies from person to person. Um, but it's always important to, to get a track of the history, but also think about alternative diagnoses at that point in time. So you're always thinking about, you know, seronegative, seropositive, inflammatory arthritis, as well as crystal arthritis. So it's really important to, to take a good thorough history about the, the timings as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then we, we did touch on the location of the joint. So I think it's fair to say to me that that can give you some clues about the cause, can't it? So if it's if it's the if it's septic arthritis, probably knee would be the most common joint. Is that fair to say? But you can get quite odd joints as well. So for example, if someone's an, an intravenous drug user, you might expect you might possibly come across a, a septic joint in, for example, the axial spine, which is quite an odd place to get a red hot swollen joint. So like sternoclavicular, for example, which is quite a rare a rare one to see outside the context of an IVDU. And then in terms of other causes, so hemarthrosis, again, would probably be most most likely to see in the, obviously, the joints that are more likely to, to be, I don't know, to have trauma, for example, like the knee as well. Any other sort of location of joints give you an idea of what might be causing it, Samir? Or is that I think the knee is a pretty common one for everything, 
just because it's such a large joint. So that that can be could be septic, and obviously that's the first thing you think of when it's hot and swollen. But it can be part of any other inflammatory arthritis, gout. It can be anything. Shoulder is another is another large joint that's often not thought of, especially in an older person. But again, that can be very traumatic, degenerative. It can be following dislocation. It can be following lots of rotator cuff tears. So it. So it's a wide, there's a wide differential. Obviously, the classic for gout, and it's important to take in history, is the big toe. You've had big toe swelling coming and going for the last few years. That, that points you towards in history for something like crystal arthritis. Yeah. Right. So we've talked a bit about location of the joints and a few of the sort of things that you should screen for, like trauma. But I think also be worth trying to, if, if you're suspecting septic arthritis, try to think of asking any questions that might lead you to a source of sepsis. So... If you're thinking someone, for example, has got infective endocolitis, it'd be worth asking about breathlessness or syncope. And if you're considering, for example, discitis as the source, then obviously back pain and so on. We've talked a bit about reactive arthritis, and I think it's worth trying to screen for any recent infections, but also extra articular manifestations that might be associated with it. So conjunctivitis or symptoms suggestive of urethritis as well. And then I think... Like Samir mentioned, if you're thinking this might be a monoarticular presentation of a, of, a, of a polyarthritis, it'd be worth trying to screen for symptoms that might point you towards a diagnosis of, of inflammatory arthritis. So things like early morning stiffness and so on. And then in terms of past medical history, I think it's important. So, to... so let me just jump in. So if, if we're thinking about an inflammatory arthritis, so the, the key things to ask, and I pretty much ask everyone, it's like an algorithm, is it early morning stiffness? It has to be significant. Nearly everyone over a certain age has early morning stiffness, but it has to be at least over half an hour, generally over an hour to, to, to be significant. The pain generally gets better with movement. Sorry, yeah, the, chain, the pain generally gets better with movement as opposed to worse with movement, which we would expect in something like degenerative like osteoarthritis. And there would be swelling. Um, obviously, you can get that with septic or whatnot, but it's, it's, it's the history, it's the timings and the, and the background that, that adds to it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Samir. And then, yeah, so... I think the key things to ask about with the past medical history would be any particular diagnoses that might increase your risk for gout, for example. So they may include things like cardiovascular disease or, or diabetes. Obviously, anything that might increase your risk of septic arthritis would be useful to know. So, you know, is this patient an IV drug user? Have they had any recent surgery, etc.? And risk factors for pseudogout as well, which can include things like a recent acute illness, trauma, surgery, especially post-parathyroidectomy apparently, and if they've had blood transfusions and recent starting of, of levothyroxine. So yeah, so again, so endocrine disorders can sometimes cause it. So hyperparathyroidism, thyroid disorders, and classically in, in all of the rheumatology exams, you'd see a young man or someone getting pseudogout which isn't normal in a younger person. And so you'd be thinking about hemochromatosis, or at least looking for the other signs of hemochromatosis, so like bronze diabetes, tanning of the skin, um, and uh, obviously then it would lead you down a, a line of investigations. All right. Thanks, Thanks Samir. Um, so I think those are the, most thing, the main things in the past medical history. Um, and then obviously screening for family history of autoimmune disease, but in particular, any history of, of inflammatory arthritis. And then of, of course, a medication history. So in particular, I think it would be crucial to, to screen for whether patients are on, for example, diuretics or other medications that might predispose them to gout. 
Um, and then when you're taking your social history, again, risk factors for, for all of the above. So yeah, IV drug use, alcohol intake for gout, what their diet is like and what their, what their weight is. Are they overweight? Again, which might predispose them to gout. I think that really makes a candidate stand out. So if you're in the social history, it's like station five for paces. You're going to do everything. You're going to do everything well, but you're going to do it quickly. So you can't ignore things like social history, drug history, like you're saying. And specifically within social history, if you're thinking of gout, you're going to ask them what's their diet like. You can't just ask an open-ended question. Or you can ask an open-ended question, but then you've got to follow up with specific high purine-rich foods. So things like offal, liver, kidney, oily fish, seafood, and then red meats. Obviously, alcohol is part of that, but you would a normal person would ask that in the in, in the alcohol history anyway. But not every candidate would ask specifically about foods. Perfect. So moving on to the signs that you might elicit when you're examining this patient, I guess the key the key thing you would want to focus on initially is the joint itself. So you'd expect the joint to to be red hot, tender, and with sort of limited movement of the joint, both passive and active the sides, obviously, of the joint, and then obviously a general examination for all patients. And for that in particular, you might be, for example, auscultating the heart, listening for a murmur. You might be palpating the back, feeling for any vertebral tenderness that might indicate dyskaita. You might look for gouty tophi. You might be looking for any eye signs like conjunctivitis, and you might be looking for any any evidence of of a polyarthritis. So any active synovitis in particularly the small joints of the hands, for example, else that you would you would look for on examination? Yeah. So in, in terms of synovitis, it's it's all, it's quite tricky enough until you've done it for a few years or until you've seen a few. You won't necessarily know what it's always quite hard to know whether something is inflamed or whether there's just a bit of fluid. So so the biggest signs for synovitis are a joint effusion and reduced range of movement. Obviously, a red hot swollen joint is going to be difficult to examine. So the presence of infusion is always telling and always means there needs to be an aspiration, which I'm sure. Other things that I would be specifically looking for. So saying that you would look for TOFI is is a good thing. Obviously, as a as an exemplary candidate, it would be nice to hear where you were looking. So you'd be looking in the peripheries, you'd be looking in the hands, you'd be looking in the elbows, also in the ears. That's another place that always gets missed off, and that's where you can sometimes see tofu. Perfect. The other things to look for as well. So you mentioned conjunctivitis, and you mentioned a, a thorough systemic exam, specifically looking for infective endocarditis. But thinking thinking of other differentials, so psoriatic arthritis can sometimes also present as a monoarthritis and as another inflammatory arthritis. So looking for hidden psoriasis, psoriatic lesions, and patients don't always mention it or if they've been living with it for years and don't necessarily know it so any psoriatic lesions in the classic areas so extensive surfaces on the elbows on the knees but again hidden places so in the ears in the belly button and sometimes in the uh, in the nasal cleft which is often not mentioned by patients because it's it's not a normal thing to ask and it's not a normal thing to ask in a rheumatology consultation either but it but it is an important sign absolutely and they might be quite embarrassed i guess to to mention that as well 